Wow. Okay. It's going to be a good day. Hallelujah. Because look at this fancy dancy glass I've got. Wow. I'll tell you what. Man, the surprises just never end. All right, Lord Jesus, open the eyes of our understanding this morning. We might know you, know the power of your resurrection. You have been made manifest in our lives. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. And a lot of times when we hear the word, Jesus made it very clear, but it's a continual thing that we have to remind ourselves. And the Bible talks about that our minds need to be washed by the water of the word. But again, we, we tend not, we tend, we just are natural people. Like Nash said today, you know, we're, we're very good at one thing. We're, we're good at being sinners. We just, that comes naturally. It's something that we can do well. And the main part of it is, we really don't know we're sinners until we come to the light. Now, this is something that continually, like, needs to be understood in us. See, Jesus, when he said to the Pharisees, he said, you know, if I didn't come, you'd still have a cloak for your sin. They didn't even know they were living in sin. This is the deception that we live under. That's why, you know, we've talked about, you know, driving under the influence. Why do people do that? Well, they really think they're in control, but they are really not. They are what the Bible calls deceived. Growing up, you know, younger, I, I knew people that they, 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 they jumped off buildings thinking they could fly, and they were under the influence of something other than their right mind. Now, they didn't know that. See, and the same thing for us. We, many times, we act, as the Bible actually says, there's a way that seems right. Man, I know this to be true. It looks right. It, and we move on that. But the Bible makes it clear, it's not correct. Now, in order for the Word of God to have effect in our life, and that's what we're dealing with, is then my mind needs to be changed. Now, it's not an easy thing to do because we're stubborn, we're rebellious, we're stiff-necked, and when I have an opinion, you know, I mean, back, back again, they used to have, there used to be a, a commercial for Tarryton cigarettes. I wish I had better examples than this. But Tarryton cigarettes. How many people remember Tarrytons? You remember Tarrytons. Now, well, how many people remember their slogan? That's got to be over 30 years ago, right? But how many people remember their slogan? Do you remember their slogan? I'd rather fight than switch. And a guy would come on, you know, he'd have this pack of, you know, he'd come out with a black eye and he'd be proud that he's dying of cancer. But he said, I'd rather fight than switch. Now, that's 30 years ago or greater than that. And I didn't even smoke Tarrytons, okay? They were wimpy cigarettes. But anyway, we re- see, it, it appealed to something. It appealed to that, and I'll show them, look, I'm going to heaven because I'm smoking Tarrytons, or I'm, you know, I did it my way. And we have that same thing. Sometimes we, we just get dug in. See, why wouldn't the Pharisees hear the Word of God? Why don't we hear the Word of God sometimes? Because there's something else in our mind that we believe. See, now, unbelief is not the absence of belief. See, sometimes we think, oh, well, I would just, you know. No, unbelief means that we believe something different than what God says. See, a strong belief in something else is what the Bible means by unbelief. And that unbelief needs to be broken down and confronted. So we say, this is what this is. Oh, I believe this. And there becomes a contrast. See, it's not just by like, oh, we're going to just... Jesus came and said, you're living in sin. I'm going to die for your sin. This is dark. And there was a contrast. And at that point, what had to happen? Well, the Gospel of John, the first, we, we all know it very well. And he came to his own, and his own received him not. And they loved darkness rather than light. Now, when did they know that? Well, when the light came into the world. And what did we do? I don't like that light. I want to do what I want. Now, that nature, that sin nature, that self-nature that is in us needs to be con- is a continual battle to keep that down. Paul, Paul talks about keeping his body under, keeping his mind under, keeping all thoughts in subjection. If not, guess what happens? Pretty soon I'm back smoking Tarrytons. And we say, and again, as we walk with the Lord, sometimes we actually make our sin or our self-righteousness or our rebellion very religious. See, so we can have, well, we have Paul, Peter actually saying, don't go to the cross. Well, why did he do that? Did he hate Jesus? No, he just went back to thinking naturally. It wasn't like a, a, 
an unnoble thought. It wasn't an evil thought in the sense of, man, we hate God, we love the devil. It was simply a natural thought. Now, deep in our minds, we have to come to the realization that the natural man cannot, will not, serve God or love God. There's nothing in me naturally that says, man, I just love God. Don't do that. Now, I used to think I did. Before I was saved, how many people here loved God before you were saved? You know, like, oh, yes, I'm a good person. I always want to do good, and I love God. And if God came, until I came to the Bible. See, and again, here comes the Word of God. It confronts some of my thought. I thought I was a wonderful person, a giving person, a peaceful person. I just had no sin. All kinds of weird stuff, I thought. And then the Word of God comes to me, and it attacked all what I thought to be true. Now, at that point, what needs to happen? Well, the word then comes in, I must repent. Now, what does the word repent mean? It doesn't mean just to be sorry. You can be sorry without changing. That's why when Jesus would tell us, heal somebody or tell somebody something, he said, now go and sin no more. Don't do that again. You need to repent. Repent means a change of mind. See, so now it's like, oh, wait a minute. I wasn't a good person. Even though I thought I was, the Bible reveals to me this. I must choose to believe this. Even though everything I see, everything I feel, everything that I've ever been taught says no, I choose to believe this. Now, if we do not understand the Word of God coming with that power, see, it has the power to bring life. It has the power to raise from the dead. But you know what the, you know what the really odd thing is? In order to be raised from the dead, what first has to be? You have to be dead. So now, again, if you're not dead... If you can't receive that you're dead, we can never receive the life. So people say, well, you're dead. I'm not dead. Look at me. I'm walking around. I'm doing... Couldn't get raised from the dead. But then when the Word of God would come at His perfect time, just like Paul, he said, and before the foundation of the earth I was chosen. But there came a time that the Word of God came to Paul and he was raised from the dead. His old life was put away and he now took a different point of view. Not just a point of view, but here in this life, and now what I've been talking about a little bit, and I've been saying the, the unity of the body, I believe there's a work that we are called to do. Now, why God does this, I'm not sure. I don't understand. But what, like I said, and I don't just say it, I mean, it's, it's fairly obvious. There's, there's nobody that I know, maybe because I mean, there's nobody that I know, maybe, maybe, maybe you know somebody, that when they get saved, they're immediately whisked up to heaven. Does anybody know that? No, most of the time we get left here, and it stinks. And then besides that, he puts us in the church. Now, if one person stinks, how about 40 of them? Correct, thank you. And once we look at that and go, well, man, I don't, man, I just... And most of our grumbling comes about what God is doing, but we don't see that it's God. Why? Because I have a point of view that still raises against God. See, the Bible says to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Jesus. See, I have thoughts that go, man, I don't like that. I don't want to do that. I don't agree with that. I, but here I go, oh. So the, the Bible and the Word of God and for the church, really, that what we're called to do, see, now that we're forgiven, our sins are forgiven, what manner of people should we be? See, do we just now, okay, well now, and, and a, lot, a lot of times we just go about and we kind of bumble around trying to do the best we can. But that's exactly what we did before we got saved. But Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There should be like, wow, well, Paul was walking this way, and then he was walking that way. There should be an entire change of my point of view. And I'm going to use this word, because I believe this is where God wants to grab hold of us, because unless my values are changed, see, I only go for what is value. Man, that's what I value, that's what I value, that's what I... And unless our values become his values, see, then we're really pretty much headed in our own direction. So as the word of God now is being spoken and instruction is given, see, and that's, where, that's what we're really talking about is hearing instruction, hearing correction, hearing reproof, hearing counsel. But many times we don't hear instruction because why? I know something. No one's going to tell me to do that. I've always been a Democrat. I've always been a Republican. I've never worked for a living. I've always worked for a lie. None of those things matter. See, Jesus had the same values that God had. And I believe in order for the church to really accomplish 
its purpose or his, his her purpose and the way God is going to then work in me is my values need to change. Well, wait a minute. See, now you got the sluggard. The proverb talks about sluggard. The sluggard, he's so lazy, he won't even like lift his hand out to feed himself. Well, why? He's got a value system. So the Bible then instructs him and says, well, wait a minute, don't be a sluggard. You need to be diligent. Now, what is that going to cause that man to do? Well, first of all, it's going to cause him to be uncomfortable. Because all his life he's been lazy and kind of just, well, nothing ever... And you hear this a lot. Nothing ever works out for me. Boy, I've tried and it doesn't work out. You know, it's better not to even try anymore. And you know, I, I, nobody I try but doesn't work. And so now I have to... Someone has to give me money. Someone has to take care of me. No, no, no. God says, no, that's not correct. He says, go study the ant. This is the way it works. You, you know, the hand of the diligent will cause him to prosper. The, the hand of the diligent will bring him for four kings. But the hand of the sluggard will what? Bring him to poverty. Bring him to disaster. So many times we find ourselves in a place that we don't want to be. Why? Because I did that. There's a buzzing. Is it, does anybody else hear the buzzing? Yeah. Can you take care of that? We're not studying the bee. We're studying the ant. That's why it said don't study the bee. Because bees buzz. Okay. Now, if we do not understand that, and this is where I'm talking about, where Paul, Peter talks about this is that. See, if we never understand that the instruction that is coming to us is actually going to cause us to be uncomfortable, but it's causing us to be uncomfortable to say, oh, that is what I believe. This is what the Word of God believes. And it's not just like, normally we don't do it that emotionless. Wouldn't it be nice if we could just sit down and go, oh, yes, I don't, that, that's the way I am. Um, that would be wrong, and this would be right. Now, here we can do that, but it doesn't come in that form. It's going to come, and this is where we need to start feel, knowing the instruction. Because if we don't understand the reason and the effect of instruction, when it comes, we're just going to forget it. Because so strong is that nature in me to just do my own thing, to run away, to keep my own opinion, we never change, and we never have a close relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and not a close relationship with one another where the gospel then can be going out. So this is that, David. So David now is getting... I mean, he's pumped up. His, all, all his bigger brothers. And the dad was real proud of the bigger brothers. They come and look at this guy. He's got, you know, he's head and shoulders above everybody. Nope, not him, not him. And David, they don't even want to bring David in. He's out there watching the sheep. Let's go find him. And so now... The, and this guy was not like... This wasn't Victor Bedoyan or Joe Schmo, or some little pastor of the church. This man, Samuel, was the prophet of Israel. When he spoke, they knew it was God. Everybody wanted to have their hands laid on by Samuel. Samuel is God's representative on the earth. That's, and it was like, man, that's Samuel. Samuel's, well, I wonder what Samuel's going. What's he going over there? Why you hear what Samuel? They were, and so now, it wasn't like, okay, your brother said it, your dad said it, your mom. Now, it would be the same. But see, this is like, and I'm just trying to set the, 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 the scene because sometimes our emotions kind of play the role. Now again, this is a, a, a young man, 12, 13 years old. <clears throat> and every 12 or 13 year old boy, like most of us, wants to be what? The big shot. You know, he wants to be the... Teach his brothers that were older than him, you know, they've been holding him down, spitting in his face for years and <clears throat> all that kind of stuff. Now he's got the... You know, he's got to watch their stupid sheep... Samuel comes and says, this is the king of Israel. Oh, boy. Now, in that brief time, I don't know, a second, two seconds, an hour, or what it was, but can you imagine all the thoughts? If, uh, what's that, the publisher sweepstake comes knocking on your door? How many people have ever vain imagined that they're going to come on your door? What would you do with $10 million? Wow. And then you're off. And then, you know what happens? Your bubble gets popped because he never comes to your door. But, so in that short period of time, David is thinking, my, I'm going to be king. What can I do? And man, and now I'll get, you know, maybe I'll even help my brothers. You know, you know when, you, when you can be nice, it's very easy to be nice. Have you ever noticed it's very easy for some, for, especially I've noticed now, when I lived overseas, it was, a, it was more difficult to see niceness on, a, on an ongoing level, simply because everything wasn't nice. Now here it's like, you know, the guy's got, you know, you, you got a pocket full of money and you can, you know, you can leave the waiter $10 as a tip. 
You know, you can say, oh, heaven. You know, when you're not being pressed out, oh, no, you go first. And you think, oh, isn't that person nice? No, he's just comfortable. Put that in another place. Then it may be nice. See, when, that, when, they get, when the rich man gave, the, the, when the Pharisees came and said, here, we give all this money, Jesus noticed something. See, and, mo- the, and this is where I think we fail because we don't value the same things Jesus values. We fail to see the instructions of life that are coming right before us. So, you know, we talked about in Proverbs, is that the wisdom is crying out in the street. And we go, well, it's never talking to me. Maybe our value system and what we're looking at is causing me not to see anything. See, and the, the, the disciples say, man, Jesus, what about this temple and what about this? He says, no, it's not important. I want to point out to this lady. Well, we, the lady just gave two cents. She gave more than they all. Oh, wait a minute. I don't see that. I, I would have to change my mindset to hear his word. And so many times we, we kind of we get, sometimes we even get condemned. Have you ever been condemned watching people be nicer than you? Have you? You know, it's like, oh, man. Oh, go ahead, Johnny. You can, no, you please take the last piece of cake. She's probably got 20 cakes at home. What's it to her? I mean, you don't know what you've been hammered through. When Jesus is up on the cross, his body is torn apart. And he can say, Father, forgive them. Well, they're cursing at his face. That's not nice. That's the power of God. That's, see, we're not talking about just being nice. There's a lot of nice people. But there are only many times we're being nice for what reason? For to, oh, look, people think I'm nice. Oh, look, I've done it. That says it's vanity. It says you've had your reward. But that widow that gave out of her need when no one saw, see, there's the response. So sometimes we, we you know, very easy to have a nice day when you're having a nice day. Very easy to tell, oh, but when your back is laid open, most of our backs probably will never be laid open in the physical, but in maybe you're being hammered by certain thoughts. You're being persecuted in your mind by spirits and things that inner turmoil, like Joseph. Joseph, man, I don't know why that my brother sold me into slavery. And, and you know, these guys, he's in jail and says, interpret a dream. I'm going to go interpret your own dream, you stupid idiot. I got problems of my own. Oh, well, he interprets the dream. See, when you're, when you can, the Bible says, if you suffer for evil, there's no, no that, that's not a good thing. But when you're suffering for righteousness sake, and then you can maintain, then something powerful is going to happen. See, Joseph, when he's pressed out, man, I don't want to take it, I don't want to do that. We see these stories, and these are the stories that we need to say, this is that. And so David now, and then what does his dad say? He's now got this balloon, I'm king of Israel. Every dream that he ever wanted to do is now come. And Samuel said it, it's got to be true. And now his dad is going to say something that's going to seem rather out of character with all his dreams and ambitions. Go back and tend the sheep. Well, wait a minute. There is conflict. Which one? And what do you think David wanted to do? I don't want to go to Jerusalem, be king, sit on the throne, start bossing people around. Boy, I can have food, anything I want. I know I can do some good. This is that, David. See, David and the story of that story wasn't written until David did it. It wasn't like that was just the story. He was a real person. That was, man, dad is always telling me to watch a sheep, and I don't want to watch a sheep, and I have a word from God. Now, I think that goes on in the person. But see, the word of God is actually meant to produce that in you. See, when Jesus came, he said, I didn't come to send peace. I say to bring a sword. When, when, the, when he came and exposed sin, what did people, they got upset. They were like, I'm doing. There was that wrestling. He said, oh wait, either I am the master of my life or this is God speaking. Now, if we maintain my own thoughts and run my own life, we never come to a place to where we're close to the Lord Jesus Christ. But we see even when David sinned, we see that David sinned. And some of his sins seemed to be like, wow, they were like out there. But David's, God talks about David being a man after his own heart. Oh, you expect me never to sin? No, I expect you to sin. But I know that we have an advocate with the Father. But what I do expect is my value system to change so that when I do sin, I can get called on it and say, oh God, that's me, forgive me. I know, I know where to go back to. Not like, okay, yeah, I'm sorry, but uh, I'm just going to do it and I just keep running. Oh, see when we see these things, there's going to, it, 
that selfishness is not like just a leaf on the tree or the fruit. What did Jesus say when he's talking about fruit and salvation and the tree and selfishness and sin? Where do we lay the axe? To the root of the tree, not pick off a few leaves. See, and most of us are like, okay, now I said good morning to the policeman, and I, how are you? And I put up with church today, and I didn't even blow out. And no, that God would, I, I, mean, I think he would rather you blow out and then deal with that than just, not going to do anything you say. I don't really care. That's not the love that God is looking for. Jesus said, no greater love has any man than this, than he lays down his life for his friends. Now, the only way we're going to become friends with Jesus, and really then with one another, is to do what he said. See, now, as the word came this morning, I, I read something in the Bible. And again, I, I, I speak naturally, hopefully, not that it encourages your natural man to be rebellious, because you don't need any encouragement there, but that you find solace in it and say, oh, that's normal. Now we need to deal with that. Now I was reading, and Jesus, and I, I said, why do you say these things? Because they trouble me. Jesus is talking to the disciples and said, whatever you ask in my name, I'll do it. And I go, why do you say that? I don't know what you mean by that. Because there's lots of things that I thought I'd asked in his name that I don't think I got. Or there's things that I've asked, I said, you know, wouldn't it have been nice if he just didn't say, there's a lot of things, wouldn't it have been nice if he didn't say it? I came to die for your sins, have a nice life, see you in about 60 years. But he doesn't say that. Therefore, I must then, as, as in, in Christ's place and Christ living in us, I must say, okay, I have to take that yoke on and realize there must be a work that is important or necessary that goes on in my life. I know he doesn't need the fish, remember? But he does send us fishing. And it's to change my value system because there's going to be something here that as the church is changed, as you're changed, the light begins to shed out into the world. Jesus said, I've chosen you out of the world. You are not of this world. And therefore, the world hates you. See, not because of necessarily what you do, but because of who you are. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The king loved them, but was willing to kill him because of they would not bow down. Now, they had, again, that same choice. What do we do? Now, it would have made sense to, you know what, and here comes the rational mind. You know, God's got us here in a place where we're able to minister to the king, so forth and so on, but they would have had to change their value system. And at some point, they had become a friend with God, and they said, our life is not so important. God's values are important. And as we start adapting these values, my life becomes intimate with those values. They become my values, and I become a friend to God because we value the same things. How many people here have good friends, I mean friends, not just acquaintances, that worship the devil? That hate Christians that I don't know name it they're murderers they're you know no we don't do that because there's, I don't like to be with that person now Jesus here is instructing us on values just before he goes to the cross he's going to leave his disciples he says remember he washes the disciples feet he says did you see what I did I want you to do the same thing well what does that mean wait a minute I need to change my thoughts. I don't want to be the big guy that I need to serve one another. He said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to love one another as I've loved you. Boy, wait a minute. You know that sounds nice? Until you actually have to give up your life to do it. It'd be nice to obey your dad if you really didn't have to obey him. It'd be nice to obey him if he said, yeah, go ahead, be the king. Instead of, go watch the sheep. But these are the things, this is that. And it's meant to actually produce this, look, I choose Jesus. I drop my nets and I choose Him. And my mind then is changed to where my value system is His value system. And we can be like, so it's about Abraham. Abraham, God would talk to Abraham because Abraham respected God and did what He said. His value system changed. Now, most of these things are going to come in small ways. They're not like, 
Wow, what's going on? Sheep. I don't want you watching, going to Jerusalem. You're going to watch sheep. Well, that seems like a normal kind of thing. That's where God's going to meet us. Throw your nets on the other side of the boat. Come and have breakfast. You see what I did here? I'm going to the cross. I'm going to glorify my Father. I'm going to pay for the sins of the world. But I want to show you something here. He takes time out to wash the disciples' feet. That doesn't make sense to me. What? This is important. I want you to do that. Oh, we can. Okay, I've got that. We're going to begin to do that. We're going to begin to change. Now, and like I said, here says some things that God speaks. And then the word came today and it said, Jesus is the answer. Remember? Turn to Jesus. Hopefully that would, I hope that troubles you. I hope you had questions with those things. Because if not, then the word of God is not going to the root of the tree. See, sometimes I get troubled so much that I really don't get an answer. Because Jesus is the answer, but I'm looking for another answer. See, I have to be willing to accept Him and Him as the answer and His answer. See, which would mean Paul would have to let go of some of his stuff. David would let go of some of his stuff. And then I'd say, oh, if Jesus is the answer, that is the answer. Like in when you're in your school, sometimes you actually work out the problem and you get the wrong answer. Has anybody got, ever got the wrong answer? Good, thank you. Did you try to get the wrong answer? You tried to get the right answer. You tried to get the right answer, but you were still were. Do you know that can actually happen? Do you know you can actually have a right heart and actually try to do the best thing you could do, like Peter? Peter tries, and actually you could be still wrong. Really bothers me. I hate doing that. You know, you tried the best you could, and it's still you still broke the pane of glass. Or you tried the best you could and you still cut the board short. Or you tried the best you could and you still got a ticket. Or you tried the best you could and your mom still yelled at you. Or you tried the best you could and the church still was. David tried the best that he could to get the, the ark to Jerusalem and guy, a guy got killed. You could actually say God killed him. You know what David did? He went home and pouted. Just like Elisha. I, I tried and just like most of us. I tried the best I could and nobody cares. And nobody, no, you just did it wrong. Now, in order to do it right, what would you have to be willing to do? Let go of what you thought was right. Now, I've done this. I, I, I mean, I have a tape measure, and I 36 inches, and I write down 36 inches, and I take the tape measure over here, and I mark it 36 inches, so I believe it. I cut it, and it's 34 inches. Has anybody ever done that? Now, I know these things seem like little things, but that goes over and over in our lives because my value system is not changed. That's why we, remember we talked about Paul. Paul wrote some things in the Bible that says, this is my opinion. Remember that? Now, you can debate that if that's the Word of God or not the Word of God because it's in the Word of God. But the Word of God says it's opinion, but could it be his opinion if it's in the Word of God? I don't know. But why is he saying that? Because he's trying to say, ladies and gentlemen, take my advice. If you haven't been here for a few years, ask somebody after the meeting what that means. Okay, I lost everybody. Back, pull your pants up. Yeah, that's Paul's opinion. Oh, wait a minute. He's now imparting not only the gospel, but his own soul. Is there a reason for that? Yes. As I've served Christ, I want you to serve Christ. Oh, these are the value systems in which I live. I'm not sharing with you those because I just have nothing better to do. This is what I believe God has for you. Oh, then if I adapt those, I'm going to come to know Christ. Did you notice the downset? Because that's something that's going to challenge you. See, And it's going to be in things that seem to be arbitrary, unnecessary, unimportant. But Jesus already said that hey, clearly. He says He's going to deal with us with the unimportant things because why would He trust you with the real riches if you couldn't deal with the unimportant things? He says, I'm going to, if you can't handle the unrighteous mammon, the things of this world, why would I entrust you with the true riches? 
Victor Medellin, if you can't cut your hair, take your earring out, and go to work, then why am I going to even possibly tell you how the kingdom of God is built? What possibly could I have you preaching for? If you couldn't tie your shoes, what am I... What, I mean, you're going to tell me, you're going to preach about the gifts of the, the Spirit? There should be an amen on that. See, now you don't have to say that. I'm just saying, see, if there's not naturally an amen, it's because you're still weighing it. You're thinking, hmm, whoa. Oh, we've got some things that... No. How many people think you're always being told what to do? Someone actually... Yeah, yeah, we all do. Well, I'm going I'm to tell you a clue. You are. You just are in this world. And, you know, the government tells you what to do. How many people, you know, you, anybody here pay taxes? Anybody here drive the speed limit? Anybody here going to get Social Security? Anybody here got to pay property taxes? All these things. They're telling me what... Yes, they are. But the Bible says they're going to do it for their own good. But in the kingdom, there's someone going to tell you something to do for your own good. And you know what we're going to do to them? We're not going to listen. Because we don't understand spiritual principles. Because my value system hasn't been changed. I still want to live my own life. And living your own life and serving God and building the kingdom don't go together. So the reason Jesus sometimes is not the answer is we don't want to hear His answer. And at some point, if my, your value system, see, if Jesus' value system was never changed, if He didn't learn obedience through the things that He suffered, ultimately He's going to Jerusalem to fill, fulfill God's great purpose. And as He's going to Jerusalem, let's turn our books, Bibles to Luke chapter 9. And then we'll get to the message. Again, we deceive ourselves that we think that if we're serving God and doing God's will, then everybody's going to understand and things are going to go well and people will appreciate you. We are not here for people to appreciate me. We're not here to be thanked. We're here for one person's appreciation and one person's purpose, and that's God's purpose. And I want to live and we want to live according to His purpose and His pleasure. Now, a lot of times that's going to rub people the wrong way. And the first one that's going to rub the wrong way is you. And if you don't let it rub you the wrong way, your stink is going to remain, the Bible says. And no one wants to hang around stinky people. That's why a lot of people don't want to come to church, because we still stink. Now, that's, that's why I think churches used to burn a lot of incense. And maybe we'll have to get back to that. But I think there's another type of incense that says, you know what? Those are stinky people in that church. But they sure don't smell stinky. I wonder what the problem is. Well, I have a different point of view now. I believe this. I believe I was stinky. And now, because I believe that I'm stinky, God takes away my stink. Now, Jesus said it another way. If you said you were, because you said you see, you're blind. If you could actually be blind, Bartimaeus said, please heal me. See, the, the person who doesn't stink the person who's got it all together, the person who already knows, the person who isn't blind, he's not crying out to Jesus. Lord, heal me! And Jesus would say, what do you want? You know, that would kind of turn you off right there. Isn't it obvious? Yeah. No. The Lord wants to change our whole... We've got to understand that from, the, from our birth, in the natural, in the carnal man... Every, I am totally against God. His ways are not my ways. I don't want to learn His ways. I, and so it's like, well, look, those people, look, they just serve God because they're good. No, we should be serving God because we're so rotten and we're so bad that we're willing to dump all that and be on fire and, oh, wow, I'm going to learn how to serve God because He's taken me out of the world. He's redeemed me. I, I don't want to be, I don't want my stink to remain. And so, Jesus here is now going to fulfill God's great purpose. And we need to... Oh, this is really good water today. Is it the glass? Or, who made it? Wow. Is there something special in there? Okay. I think we found our new ministry. The lemon lady. All right. Praise God. And you know, I mean, that's hard to please me. I don't, usually don't care about anything. This is... Man, forget the meeting. Let's just, you know. Okay, so 
Jesus is here. I've got to find the Scripture. Is it Luke 9? Um, let me see where it is. It is Luke, Luke 9, in verse 51. Jesus is going now to Jerusalem. He's doing the will of the Father. Now, unless you also have the same values as God, when God begins to move, what are you going to do? You're going to hate Him. Because it's going to come against your life. See, before Paul's eyes were opened, God was moving powerfully throughout the whole Middle East, because that's where God lives. And, and he's moving powerfully throughout the Middle East. Someone actually said that, about that, that little nativity scene. I don't know where we get these things. They said, oh, you see what Christie did? And they, they made these comments. I don't know, the victor's really going to love it. I don't mind it. It's nice, you know. But they said, isn't that a nice Middle East nativity scene? I said the nativity scene is a Middle East scene. It's not they made that up. And they didn't want him born in New York. It was a Middle East nativity scene. No, what tell you what? They, we just are strange. We just are strange. Okay, I'm getting, I'm getting lost here. Okay, so unless our values are changed to be God's values, I'm going to grow bitter at people. See, at some point I would have to say, either it's God or Elijah, but you're a nut. I'm, I'm just tired of you talking to me like that. I'm tired of Dad dealing with me like I'm tired of the elders. I'm t- Wait a minute. I know cutting your hair doesn't cutting your hair. Tattoos, tattoos, dresses, don't, they don't matter. But this is what God is saying. I'm going to grab hold of that by faith. And as I walk in that, guess what's going to happen? By faith we please Him and His life is revealed. Ish Isaac carrying the wood. I mean, where was Abraham at? He knows he's, in, at least in Abraham's mind, He's thinking he has to kill his son. I mean, if you had to do that, wouldn't you at least be nice to him for the last hour? Here, son, carry the wood. <laughs> Don't ever say anything about me again. I mean, I would say, come on, I, you know, and be kind of crying, and oh man, I don't know what to do, and, you know, hire someone to take care of it for me or something. But Isaac, by faith, does this thing. Now, again, he has some questions. Says, uh, Dad, we've done this before. I know you're getting a little older, but uh, we got the fire and we got the wood, but where's the sacrifice? Maybe, you know, I don't know about this, you know, a little strange. <coughs> if he didn't think it was strange then when his dad starts tying him up, come on now, he's got to be thinking. It wasn't like, oh, they didn't think like that back then. They think, they think like that back then, and they're going to think like that tomorrow. Someone's tying me up, and he's Middle Eastern. He has eyes like this. You know. <sighs> now, I'm making light of it, because if we not, it'd just be too serious. It would crush us. See, because it pleased God to bruise his son, just like Abraham. Where is Isaac at? He has this set of beliefs, but he comes to adapt this, and God then moves his life to align with his and God's promise is fulfilled. There needs to be this aligning, aligning purpose that's going to cause me to deny... Wait a minute. You know, We're all subject to vanity. We all have our own opinions. We all believe. We've been taught certain things. I, I, I look at my life and I go, oh, man, I look back on my life and I was a nasty, nasty, nasty little child. From as young as I can remember, I mean, I was just bad. Uh, I remembered some things the other day. I don't, I don't want to even talk about them. But I just, I, I thank God for my parents. I don't know why they didn't kill me. Uh, I mean, I, you know, or d- done something. And I look at that and I go, why was I like that? Well, I think the devil knows. And he wants to get in kids' mind and your mind. And he starts telling you stuff and doing like this and whispering at night. And, I mean, there were things that I did. I just, told, I just don't understand that. The devil warped me. And then God says, okay, now it's time. Now, wouldn't it have been nice if he didn't have a warped victor? I mean, I think it'd be nice if he didn't have a warped victor. But, he, you know, God takes warped people. He takes people that persecute the church. He takes people that are going to tie up their kids. He's going to take people that build boats for 120 years. He's going to take people that say, man, I like that lady Bathsheba. He's going to take people... Man, all, I don't think God ever saved a straight person yet. I mean, you know what I mean. And God's going to take warped people and say, I'm going to show my glory in that person. And that warped person, he's going to remain warped in his flesh. 
but something's going to happen to where his values are changed. Well, he might fall from time to time, like David. Well, that's a man after my own heart. No, they're full of hypocrites. I don't care. You get up, son, and you go back to those value systems. So here is we're, we're walking with God. Many times as we're going to actually set our values and our sight to be with God. Something is going to happen, and we should begin to notice this. The Bible says we're going to become a saver. There's going to be a, our speech in our life should always be a little salty. People should... See, in the, in the early church, it said, and God was moving powerfully, people were getting saved, people were being healed, and it said many miracles, and those outside did not want to get close to Him. They said, man, that's powerful stuff, and they were looking, they go, they didn't want to get too close to it. See, it's like I was talking, you know, when, when, you know, ever in the subway, they have the yellow line? Do you know why they have the yellow line? Yeah, we all know in chapel. They all knew beforehand. Because if you get too close to it, the train going by will suck you in. And if you're ever a little kid in New York, you always wanted to get you know, close to that yellow line. But I think a lot of times people don't want to come to church because they might get sucked in. You're trying to suck us in. Yeah. The church is full of suckers. And, and we need to be people that are like, okay, there should be something going, they should be so salty, we should all have the same value system, not system, but same thing. I believe that. Well, why do you believe that? Oh, you usually believe that because you were told. No, I believe that because I heard the word, and now I'm giving myself to that, and by faith I'm exercising that. See, the Bible says, what do you have that you haven't been given? See, what have you learned that you haven't been taught? You come into this world and you don't even know how to talk. You don't even know to wear a diaper, let alone change it. You don't know how to do anything. But somewhere along the line, I can do it. I know how to do it. You couldn't even think in English if someone didn't even teach you that. And it's like, the Bible says, what do you have that you haven't been given? Why do you act like you haven't been given it? Well, I don't want to do it because they told me. That's the way it works. See, that's the way it works. See, but see, that, that tears at us, doesn't it? Because we don't want to... If you're going to do something, or you're going to hear God, He's going to tell you something. You can't do anything unless you are told. So one way or the other, you're going to hear something. Now, if God's not telling you, or you hear something that God hasn't told you, and we'll get to that. Genesis. We're not going to get okay. But when we start doing the Word of God, and we say, okay, that's what I'm doing. And Jesus then says here, And it came to pass in verse 51 that the time was come that he should be received up, and he set steadfastly his face to Jerusalem. The time was come that he was going to die for the sins of the world, fulfill God's ultimate purpose for that body. And he sent messengers before his face, and they went and entered into the village of Samaria to, to make ready for him. And they would not receive him, because his face was set to go to Jerusalem. Why didn't they receive him? Because he no longer was being nice. He no longer was spending time. His ministry, God had that for a time, but now he was moving like a man that was possessed, a man that had a vision, a man that was driven. I must go to Jerusalem. I don't have time for this, and I don't have time for that. And what happened? Rather than the people saying, oh yes, good, we'll pray for you. We'll lay hands on you. Thank God you're doing that. They said, we don't like you. You're not being nice to me. We know you won't come and have dinner at my house because he was doing the will of God and their value system had not changed. They were still looking for bread. They were still looking for entertainment. They were still looking for their healing. They were still looking for their answer. And Jesus was going to provide the answer and they couldn't receive it. They said, I don't want to receive that. I just were mad at him for not doing what. Now, when that begins to happen in your life, that train's going to go through there and I believe it's going to suck people into the church. They're not going to want to come. I was talking today, the other day, about my testimony. I didn't want to get saved. didn't want anything to do with Christians. I used to throw rocks at cars on Sunday, hitchhiking. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I was running the furthest I could, and God said, I'm going to save you. I didn't have anything to do with it. They prayed for me, because I finally told them, I just, I just, I, they said, can we pray for you to get saved? And I thought if they prayed for me, they'd shut up and leave me alone. And they prayed for me. They said, I was going to, I said, I was going to, they said, well, can we pray for you? And I would, no, I don't want, don't you, didn't you hear me for the last 20 minutes? I'm not interested in this stuff. And I, I wanted to say no, and out of my mouth came yes. Now, I don't know what happened that day, but I got saved. 
and I had nothing to do with it. Now, I don't know people's doctrine on that. It took me about a month to realize, or maybe even a lot longer than that, to what took place. But then God said, okay, I'm going to change you. And these are the things that need to, need to be taking place in our life. But if we hear things that we have not been taught, God makes it very clear where we heard those. Now, this again, see, oh, well, you're, see, and again, we write, see, because education has been really exalted in, in, in the Western culture, and particularly in America. We've got to fix the education system. We need higher education. We need to, have you noticed it's not going that well? Okay, there's a reason. Because if you take God out of the education system, what do you have? You have godlessness. You cannot fix a system where God is not working there. And so here in, we, 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 get, we get very upset because we like to figure things out. Well, I know, he, he told me that, but he's trying to do this, he's trying to do this. No, no, no. Go watch your sheep. Go build that boat. Go to this city. Go... Well, I haven't. Oh, okay. Now, we get upset because, not because we don't believe anything, because we strongly believe something else. And the thing that we believe is myself. Now, after sin, let's turn to the book of Genesis, and then we're we'll, uh, not going to move right along. Um, Genesis chapter. Uh huh. Genesis chapter 3. Now, before sin had entered in, they had, a, they had the same values, the same head effect, the goal that God had. They were moving towards that way. God could say, name the animals. Big job. I don't know how long it took to name the animals. I mean, he never went to college. He didn't have a zoology book. What the name? name the animals. Take care of the garden. Okay, uh, here's a wife. Thank you very much. No problems. Everything that God did was seemed to be good. When sin entered in, something else entered in. Higher education. <laughs> in verse 8 of chapter 3, And they heard the voice of God walking in the cool of the garden, in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said, Where are you? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. Now, does he have his facts correct? Yes. Did, was, was he naked? Yes, it wasn't like he wasn't naked. Just because you have the facts right doesn't mean you are correct. Well, no, I know what you're... Nope, 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 nope not going on because he's going to say something here. Because God never told them they were naked. God never told them they were naked. Told them, name the animals, do this, do this, do this. Seemed to tell them where the gold was, where the rubies were. Don't look at me like that. He really did. You read the book. You don't believe me, do you? He did. Yes, they did. We read the book. He told them this land had a lot of gold in it and this land had a lot of silver in it and that was good rubies there and this was there. So Adam, even though he didn't have a good suit, Seemed to, <laughs> seemed to have a lot of money. But he didn't need it. That's a little side note. Okay. God never told him he was naked, but he figured it out for himself. Are you figuring things out for yourself? God has something to say about that. Because if you haven't been instructed in the ways of God or from God's ways, somebody else might be teaching you something that are actually true. I mean, Bathsheba probably wasn't fat and ugly. She probably was, wow. And Delilah? Maybe even Armenian. I don't know. But uh, I don't think they have, you know. Anyway. <laughs> Just because I see it, it's true, does not make it right that I've learned it. There's a lot of things we have learned that God never intended us to learn. And he's told, we've never told us to learn. And God's answer, after Adam comes up and says, figure it out, we were naked, so we hid ourselves. And how many people have said, well, I gave the right hand, they didn't, they didn't say, wow, that was a good thing. He said, no, no, you, you figured something out you shouldn't have done. And God said, who told you you were naked? Some, you didn't figure it out on your own. Someone told you you were naked. 
And then he began to say, you changed your value systems, didn't you? You started to eat something that I told you not to eat. See, God said, don't eat this. Do this. And they said, they went here. And when we do that, I start to hear things that I ought not to hear. Who told you you were naked? Did I tell you? Ever have your, your kids? They learned something. I never taught you that word. I never taught you to do that. Where did you... Oh, I just picked it up my... No, you did not. You somewhere took your eyes off of the tree of life and said, I think I like that. And my values have changed. And God then wants to bring our values back to what He says. So if you, if you know more than you should, it could be that someone else has told you some things. Amen? Okay, now, I'm, I know I'm taking a lot of time to lay this foundation, but it, it's clear, because when we get to the instruction, if it's just like, oh, instruction, I can take it or leave it, you're missing the point. There's a reason why God has put these books in here and has brought together the church and put gifts in the church, because he actually says these things, if you do these things that seem to be silly, something then will work in you and you'll see the point of it. I mean, like in chemistry and stuff like that. You learn, you, you see these two inert chemicals. Boy, there's nothing there. And Don says, don't put them together. Right? You go, well, I don't see anything wrong with that. And as soon as Don says, don't put them together, what do you... Oh, yeah, what's <laughs> and you take these things that seem to be like, well, I don't see it. And then something happens. Now, this is what needs to take place, too. If we don't understand that God is using these... the, the, the unrighteous mammon, all these vanities in our life, the things that, man, I've always been taught to... Because I hear things and I go, where did they learn something like that? Who thinks like that? I don't... I don't w- wait a minute. Then I'm, I'm looking and saying, either I'm not... We're not looking deep enough and saying, or we're not valuing what I see and saying, that is God, I will live like that. That is God, I will change my thinking. Now, it's not easy. But once I do that, the disciple said, oh... Wash your feet. See, and Peter's normal reaction to washing was what? Don't wash my feet. Jesus had to say, you do that. And then they began to change in him. And as we start to take the, do these things that God seems... And pretty soon I understand, oh, that's why. And we begin to become doers of the word, not explainers, not rationalizers, not justifiers, not excuse makers, not understanders, but doers of the word and I become closer to God and I become a friend to God and His ways become more and more clear to me. Now, hopefully by next week we're going to get into the concept, the teaching of instruction and counsel and... But again, I need to be... Okay, I want to, I want to be able to receive that. Just okay, I saw Jesus wash his feet. That was kind of good for Him. Uh, well, you know, I know that God... You know, God didn't tell me I was naked, but I figured that. No. Who told you that? Where did you get that idea from? Don't do that. These are things, because, like I said, he didn't just take us, and there's a reason the church is here. And I believe the church is here is to show that there's warped people, stinky people, people that are warped and filled with sin, and their lives now become changed. They say, God is the answer, because, well, look, that is the answer that I want. Not, well, see, I wanted this, and I wanted that. My things that I wanted, don't want, didn't want anymore. Didn't, I had to give those up. I was headed here. I was doing that. I was into... No, those things must die so that I can resurrect you. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, I pray your word has gone forth into our hearts. You fulfill your purpose with your word. In Jesus' name, amen.